0: What's up, America? What's up, world? This is Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm your esteemed host, Cameron McKinney. In this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight, I'm going to be talking about the new Netflix movie, Velvet Buzzsaw, starring Jake Hall, directed by Dan Gilroy. This duo directed the 2016 hit movie, Nightcrawler, which Jake Hall should have been nominated for an Academy Award. Kilroy also directed Roman J. Esquire, starring Denzel Washington, which Washington was nominated for an Academy Award. Dan Kilroy is just an. Interesting screenwriter who's just recently turned director whose three movies I absolutely love. Nightcrawler is so good. It made Jake Jalen Hall. It's his best performance. <laughs> Jake Jalen Hall to me is one of those movie stars who I've just been watching since I was a kid in movies like The day, The Day After Tomorrow. Bubble Boy, unfortunately for him, Bubble Boy is one of those movies. I'm just Jake Gyllenhaal Hall is just my kind of movie actor. He's so good. He can play any kind of role. In this movie, he plays an art critic who's just insane. Let me set you up for the basis of this movie. So Jake Gyllenhaal plays an art critic who's dating a up-and-coming art seller who. He's the harshest critic out there in the art world. If he says your art is good, then that means your art is good. It's that type of scenario. The movie also has Tony Collette in a fabulous role. John Malkovich is an artist. Renee Russo reteams with her husband Dan Gilroy and Jake John Hall. Renee Russo was fantastic in Nightcrawler, and she's fantastic in this movie. And it also has Natalia Dyer. From Stranger Things, who is the breakout star of this movie. There's so much to unpack in Velvet Buzzsaw. I would call it a horror thriller type of movie. To me, it's just one of those movies that like you you should go into it knowing nothing. And I think when you watch it, you're going to enjoy yourself. Because if you look at if you look it up and you see what it's all about, you're probably not going to watch it. You're gonna think this is another weird horror type movie but I think this is a horror movie that has a message and I think Netflix made this movie in the same way it made the movie Bird Box with Sandra Bullock it uses its stars to tie in a horror story but this movie to me has more of a message than Bird Box does it's less of a horror movie and more of a thriller with a sincere message I think Jake Gyllenhaal's character as the art critic this movie is very harsh Towards the roles of critics in today's society. And I think the fact that Dan Gilroy is a director... And he has to deal with writing critics saying... Oh my god, your movies stink and blah blah blah. Jake Gyllenhaal himself has to deal with critics. So the idea of Jake Gyllenhaal playing a critic... Who can control the ups and downs of someone's career... There's a point in the movie... I'm not going to give too many spoilers in this podcast... Where he gives a bad review to someone... Because he was asked to by his girlfriend. And he feels terrible about it. But it makes or breaks someone's career. And I think that this movie is signaling that sometimes the critic seems to have more control. And they start to think of themselves as the artist. There's a point in the movie where Jake Hall's character says he wants to do some long form ways of critiquing. Not just a quick article of critique. Like... Jake Hall himself in that is starting to view himself as an artist. Even though he's not doing any of the work. He's just reviewing art. The way he sees it. And he's favoring someone. In the movie, Tony Collette, Collette and Renee Russo are two people who are using Jake Hall to review their art and say that it's good and make it sellers. In the movie, Jake Hall's girlfriend finds the art of a dead person. And she starts to sell the art. And she uses J. Chillinghall to give that art good reviews. And that's how the art starts to sell, based on his review. I think the movie has all these messages about like the the the, the selling and buying of art. Like I think he's saying a lot about the movie culture too in the movie itself, even though it's about art, I mean it it could be looked at as a, a, a stance against big movies versus smaller movies, because Dan Gilroy, Nightcrawler is not a box office smash, but it's a, it's a little movie that, to me, has great impact. I think Dan Gilroy is in the making movies that have impact, like Roman J. Esquire and Nightcrawler, and now this, Velvet Buzzsaw, but the selling of art is kind of like what's happening in the movie business today with the superhero movies and the franchises and it's just making money 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 off the art and it's it's kind of ruining art and i i think he's saying a lot about the culture today in this small little movie that says a lot about where we are with movies and where we are with culture and where we are with critics there's so much power ...in the critic today. There's Rotten Tomatoes that can say your movie is at 50% and most people will not see a movie if it's lower than, I don't know, 70 or 80%. Like, there's so much power in the role of the critic and there's so much emotion in the role of the critic. You can't... You, there's no critic who doesn't have a motive in his review of a movie. Just the way that J.J. L. Hall's character in this has a motive... He has relationships with these people and he's giving them good reviews based on his feelings towards his girlfriend, Tony Collette's character, Renee Russo's character, even John Malkovich's character. It's just interesting to me to see the role of the critic be portrayed in this movie like that because it's so obvious that it's been going on for like. For as long as I've been alive, I've had the music critics. I've had people say this is a bad album. I've seen people say this is a good movie. This is a great movie. This is a bad movie. This is any kind of movie. There's so many critics in the world today. And there's fewer and fewer artists. I think it's saying that, like, Jake Gyllenhaal's character is sad in a way. But he's got most of the power in another really sad way. He controls what the masses are going to see. And I think the way he views himself in the movie is, I think, how most... Movie critics and even critics of anything view themselves as the one who has all the power. You know what I mean? He who has the gold makes the golden rule. I think Jake Gyllenhaal is making the rules about how art is portrayed in this weird, silly movie. Now, Natalia Dyer plays the secretary in this movie who works for all three characters at one point. She starts off working for Rene Russo. Then she moves on to Tony Collette's character at one point and then she becomes Jake Gyllenhaal's secretary at the end and she is kind of like us she's the audience in this film viewing all these things she is basically how we are seeing the movie she is the conscience of the movie she's just a girl trying to make it in the art business it's it's a really good role For her in this movie. If you've seen Stranger Things. She's a fantastic actor. And I really enjoyed her in this movie. And I also enjoyed all the supporting characters. John Malkovich. Really was an odd kind of. He's kind of like. What art used to be. He's not in the business of selling. He just wants to become an artist. I think he represents. To me. What Jake Gyllenhaal is in real life. Because yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal right now. Is going to do a Spider-Man movie. But to me. Jake Gyllenhaal is in this business of like. Making these art picture movies that are great like Nightcrawler and he made a movie with Joaquin Phoenix about cowboys like he's in the business of doing it for the art John Malkovich is a, a real artist and movie actor who's in it for the I think the actors actors in general are more like the John Malkovich character and critics are like the Jake Gyllenhaal character like I think Jake Gyllenhaal it's so interesting to me that an actor is portraying a critic like a villain Jake Gyllenhaal is kind of the villain of the movie. Even though he's not the one killing people, you feel the worst about Jake Gyllenhaal's character because of his ego, because of his power, because of his control. It's such a good performance by Jake Gyllenhaal. He is in my top five of best actors working in. If Jake Gyllenhaal is in a movie, I'm probably going to see this movie. Again, him and Dan Gilroy making a movie together. Nightcrawler is so good. It's an L.A. movie. It's a nighttime movie. This movie was more L.A. in the daytime. Like, it's so good. The contrast between those movies, that's a good doubleheader to watch, is Nightcrawler and then this. There's so much going on in both movies. And Jake Hall plays a psychopath in both movies. He's so good at playing those type of characters with an insane ego. Who can't be trusted by most people. Jake Hall's character in this. Is maybe more sympathetic. Because spoiler alert. He kind of starts out. Dating a guy in the beginning of the movie. And then he ends up dating girls. So he's kind of confused in his life. He's kind of all over the place in his life. He, you can feel. There's more sympathy towards this character. Than it is in Nightcrawler. But he's just the same amount of evil to me. There's something wrong with. With the Jake Gyllenhaal character in Velvet Buzzsaw. And there's something wrong with the Jake Gyllenhaal character in Nightcrawler. Jake Gyllenhaal is really good at being terrible. But you as the audience buying into why he's being terrible. He's an art critic. He views this as his job. But he shows favoritism. And at the end of the movie he finds out that Rene Russo has been using him this whole time finding out which art he likes, and then buying that art. I bet movie people do that too. Studios buy movies that critics think are great. I mean, there are tales of, like, one guy liking Anchorman, and then Anchorman becomes a movie. Those are things. Critics hold a lot of power, but they're not the artists themselves. I think this movie makes you think about a lot of things, but I think the most thing it makes you think about is what is a critic really worth In today's society. Do they have too much power? Where are we going with all this? I think the past few years. We've had movies. That have been reviewed. Poorly. That most people think are good movies. Like. This comes to mind. I know this isn't about this movie. But Rian Johnson making. The Last Jedi. That was a movie that most people liked. But there's a harsh. Criticism of it in today's world. And by most people that really aren't even critics. They're just fans. I think. This movie is also significant to me because it's about people. Everyone right now in today's world is a critic because of the internet. I think every single person in today's world, because of Twitter, has a little bit of the Jake Gyllenhaal character in this movie in them. And to me, that's scary, but it's the reality and it's the truth of where we are today today. As a society is that everyone is a critic of everything. There could be a movie that everyone likes. But there's going to be hundreds and hundreds of this movie is the worst thing I've ever seen. And they're going to give bogus reasons why or why not. And they think those reasons are significant. I think everyone at one point in their life feels because they have a take on something. That they have the power that Jake Hall's character in this movie actually has. I also find it interesting that he did this movie in the art world, because it's not a world I really know a lot about, but I found it interesting and exciting, and it's a really good movie. All three movies that Dan Gilroy himself has directed has had these weird characters, two of them played by Joan Hall, and one of them played by Denzel Washington. Like, there are moments where you like Roman J. Esquire, and there are moments you hate him. The same for the Jake Joan Hall characters. I just think he's one of the best directors going on today, and we don't even really know who he is. Because he doesn't get the box office success. And it's interesting that he's going on Netflix. And he's kind of going into a world where he doesn't need the critics. Like the thing about Netflix is you just drop it on Netflix. And it doesn't matter who critiques it. If enough people watch it, it's a success to him. So it's kind of interesting that a movie that is so harsh about criticism is set in the Netflix world. Because... Movie critics have no control on whether or not... You see, I think a movie critic has all the power in like... Say I see a movie that's on Rotten Tomatoes that's at 98%. I'm going to go to the theater and buy to see that movie. But if a movie is like 50 on Rotten Tomatoes, if I just see it on Netflix, I'll still watch it. I think movie critics don't have any power on the streaming services because it's just right there in your room and you can watch it when you want to watch it. So I think it's interesting that Dan Gilroy himself made this movie. He's probably went further with it with the Netflix system than he would in a studio system but I do find that fascinating that he made a movie to me that's so harsh on critics on Netflix and not that we would have to go and see it because I think if he put it out in theaters some critics would probably be wicked harsh about it. I I, I I wouldn't say I love this movie, but it's worth watching again. Like, it's such an interesting... I love where the horror genre is going. Like, I love The Quiet Place. I liked Bird Box. And I really like this movie. I loved the performances a lot. They're strong. It's a really good cast. And a lot of the actors in this movie have been making good horror movies recently. Like like I said before, John Malkovich was in Bird Box and Tony Collette was in Hereditary, which I have not seen yet, but I'm pretty sure it's gonna be fantastic. And Natalia Dyer is in Stranger Things, which is a a great horror genre show. I mean, just so many people... I've never seen Jake Hall in the horror genre before. Again, this is more of a thriller than it is a horror movie. Like, I think what it says about the art... Like, I'm not really sure. Like, I, I watched the movie, and I'm not really sure if the art this guy's making is all that great or not. Because you're, you're just watching it on Netflix, and you're really watching for the story. But again, I think there's this cool scene with the, the museum, and there's this weird box that ends up... That you put your hand in, and you see something you want. I think it says a really... Thing about where art is going in general like weird things can be the most respected things I think there's a lot of stuff in this movie that you watch and you go what was that about there's a lot of like oh my god a little over your head stuff but the movie in general like I like the message of the movie because the Jake Gyllenhaal character really carries this movie and my feelings overall on critics like I take a lot of consideration into what I see in what I do, based on critics, like the music I'll listen to. If I hear the new Cardi B album was terrible, I wouldn't listen to the Cardi B album. Like it's just there's so much control in the critics' world. But I think this movie takes you inside the mind of the critic. How Jake Cielanhol starts to view himself as an artist. He wants to write a book about the art that this his girlfriend stole from a dead person. He wants to, and, and the fact that. I think there's something also about this movie that I find interesting. There's this idea of stealing one's art. Like, I think that could also be viewed, and this is just an interpretation on the movie, is how we're making remakes after remakes after remakes of old people's movies. Like, Dan Gilroy is a director. He's seeing remake after remake after remake. He must think of that as someone stealing art just to make a bunch of money. And I think the fact that this movie, the people are being killed in the movie because they are selling off of someone else's art. I think that's telling about where Dan Gilroy is at. Again, this is all just my opinion on it. I'm not really sure where Dan Gilroy stands on the whole remake system. He is making original movies like Nightcrawler, like Roman J. Esquire, and like this. Like, there's no movie like Velvet Bustaw. The title is insane. The plot is insane. It's not something you can watch with your family. Like it's kind of like a, it's a weird thing. But I think it says a lot about where we are as a society today. It is so good. Tony Collette is just fantastic, and Rene Russo and Jake Gyllenhaal's chemistry. Those two carry the Nightcrawler movie along with Riz Ahmed. In this movie, those two carry. The movie, again, her name as an old artist was Velvet Buzzsaw. I think she's somebody who's been ruined by the business. I think the John Malkovich character and her have a relationship where they started out as pure artists. And the business turned them around. Like, I think that's something that happens in the movie business Quite a lot. Where this young actor. Makes these art pieces. And now he's in a bunch of superhero movies. And he's not the same kind of artist. This movie reminds me of like the Robert Altman movie. The player. Like the plot is just like. You know the Tim Robbins character. Has killed someone. And he's waiting for a dab. And like the Jake Gyllenhaal character. Kind of feels to me like the Tim Robbins character. Like he's a bad guy. But he doesn't know he's a bad guy. Again Jake Gyllenhaal's character. I thought was going to be a killer. At the beginning of this movie. He's not killing people. But. He's not a good person, and the Rene Russo character is not a good person. They're terrible people who are taking advantage of their business. So this really, to me, could have been like a Robert Altman movie. Dan Gilroy, people, you have to see Dan Gilroy movies. They are fantastic. Again, Nightcrawler, A plus. Roman J. Esquire, I'll give it a B minus. This an A. Good movies. He's an original director. I would put him in my top ten directors. I don't know, I love original directors like Noah Baumbach, him, Wes Anderson, I love all of them. I, I think I'm in a place where I want to see a movie where I know the director is really good at their jobs. Like a Steven Spielberg movie, like I saw The Post recently, that was amazing. Directors control the movies, people. And sometimes it's not about the actors. Even though Jake Hall brings a great performance, I don't think he's as good if he's not in a Dan Gilroy type of movie. I think the director controls how good a movie is. And this movie is great to me because of Dan Gilroy. Like, Noah Baumbach, to me, is my favorite director because he controls the pace of the movie. He controls... The story, like The Squid and the Whale, all those movies I love of Noah Baumbach. He controls it the same way that Dan Gilroy controls this movie. The same way a Wes Anderson movie feels like a Wes Anderson movie. This movie, Velvet Buzzsaw, feels like a Dan Gilroy movie. And I love the fact that directors, it's a director's medium and I'm falling in love with movies because I'm falling in love with what a director is doing in the movie itself. It's an amazing movie. Visually, it's amazing what he does in this movie. It's visually appealing the same way, in a different way. Nightcrawler was visually appealing because it was a nighttime LA movie, noir film, and this was a daytime LA movie, but it had the same kind of, the same kind of feeling and energy. The energy that J. J. has brought in both of these movies is amazing, and I cannot recommend people see Velvet Buzzsaw anymore. To me, it was such a good movie. It had a message in it. I'm not going to spoil this movie. It's so good. I think everyone involved should see Velvet Buzzsaw because not just because of its weird title, not because it's on Netflix, but because it's worth seeing. It has a message. And Dan Gilroy is one of the very best to do it today. He is in that line of best directors. If I see a movie as directed by Dan Gilroy, I'm going to take time out of my day, two hours out of my day, and to see a movie. And that's what directors are really there for. Because if I see a movie, and I know who the director is, I know it's going to be worth my time to see it. Like I know it will be worth my time to see the next Clint Eastwood movie, or the next Steven Spielberg movie, or the next... George Lucas movie or like I love directors who have a clear message like Bombag, like Wes Anderson. Like Ben Stiller has become a really good director when these people have something to say. Christopher Nolan is my favorite director. Christopher Nolan could make any movie right now and I would see it just because of Christopher Nolan, even if a puppet was the star of his movie. I think their directors are becoming the stars of their movies. And I think Dan Gilroy is the star of Velvet Buzz, even though Jake Hall dominates in the role. It is such a good movie. I couldn't recommend it more. Velvet Buzzsaw is on Netflix, and I hope you all go out and see it. It's been a really good year for horror movies in general, like A Quiet Place, Velvet Buzzsaw, Hereditary, and Bird Box. Those are four really Good horror movies. Also, Jordan Peele is coming out with another horror movie after he made Get Out. This is a really good genre to me because these movies aren't just trying to scare you. They have clear and precise messages. And great directors making great movies. That's what I'm in it for. Great directors making great movies. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. There will be a new episode of Pop Culture Spotlight every Friday on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. This week I put the spotlight on Velvet Buzzsaw. Next week I am putting the spotlight on my favorite television show possibly ever, Showtime show, Shameless. It's on its ninth season. Next week I'm talking Shameless. Thanks again for listening. I'm Cameron McKinney and this is Pop Culture Spotlight.